Writer's Block, proudly presented by the S-Mart family of superstores. Shop smart, shop S-Mart. I am Rylan Grant, screenwriter, Ringo award-winning creator of fine comics like Aberrant, Banjax, and now Suicide Jockeys. The other voice in the dark, the man in the box to the right is... David Avalone, uh, filmmaker, comic book writer, and uh, I think this week we'll go with Coffee Achiever. Coffee Achiever, I love it. If you missed any of our previous conversations, episodes featuring comic luminaries like David F. Walker, Matt Fraction, Stan Sakai, Kevin Eastman, Cecil Castellucci, and many, many, many more, our entire catalog can be celebrated via YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, and other purveyors of worthwhile ear cracks. So double on back and check it all out. Uh, great show for you today. We're talking TikTok with uh, uh, a couple of bad mofos, but um, we got some uh, we got some self pimping to do. Um, uh, you want to go first, Avalone? Uh, we got uh, books out, so where can we find them? And what sure. Are we uh, my book won't be out till my next thing won't be out till August. It's called what is it called? Elvira meets Vincent Price. As Love I think it. I said last week, I don't know that it needs more explanation than Elvira meets Vincent Price. Hijinks in ensue. Uh, horror and film-related hijinks, as one might imagine. And that <laughs> as you said last, as you said last week, if you dig that, you dig that. So yeah, exactly. You, you like those things, or you don't like those things. If you like those things, I'm sure you're buying my comics. So uh, number one drops in August, and then there'll be a couple of kickstarters between now and the end of the year. But uh, more on that, more on that situation as it develops. Ryland, fancy, tell us about fancy. suicide jockeys. Uh, yeah, Suicide Jockey is my latest and greatest book. It's a, uh, a tokusatsu joint. Uh, tokusatsu for the uh, the uninitiated is the Japanese sci-fi action genre that includes uh, uh, wonderful things like Voltron and uh, and Power Rangers, and um, also includes kaiju uh, films, uh, monster films like Godzilla and stuff like that. Um, so my uh, my new book is a tokusatsu action joint. Uh, we um, the short and sweet pitch is Fast and the Furious meets um, uh, meets Voltron, um, and so it is a badass killer uh, crazy romp. I co-created it with a guy named Brad Warner, who is uh, an ordained Soto Zen Buddhist monk who we had on a couple of weeks ago. Uh, wrote um, such wonderful tomes as Hardcore Zen and the like. It's a great book. Uh, like uh, like David's book, it's out in August. Um, it hit uh, previews a couple of weeks back, and so you can go down to your local comic shop right now and pre-order the fuck out of that. So get down there, tell them you want the whole series, put it on your poll list. Uh, four issues coming starting in August, so do it up. But, uh, you know, pimping aside, we got a great show for you, so let's bring the guests on. Indeed we do. We have Justin Musso. Hello, happy to be here. Howdy, howdy. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Hey, cats. So, uh, Panda Red, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, so, I'm a creator on TikTok that mostly specializes in Marvel and DC comic book content, be it, it skits, explanations, just the random fucking theories that go on in my mind. Uh, and I do other social media as well, kind of drawing and, and the art side of things, but mostly I do comic book related content on TikTok. Nice. And Justin? Uh, I do. I mean, I, I, I do the same. I'm also a, a comic book content creator on TikTok, uh, largely specializing in Marvel, DC, and uh, the like, as well as, I mean, just kind of comic books abroad. Um, I, I, I largely do a lot of uh, deep dives, so people will 
kind of come to me and ask me like, hey, I saw this character pop up in an issue of like X-Men like six years ago and I haven't really seen much about them. What's their deal? And I will then give them like a, a nice, you know, concrete one minute package of like, here's everything about this character that you could, that you should know. Um, and kind of like, so, you know, do that recommendations and uh, yeah, just a lot of kind of deep divey stuff about lore and, you know, analyzation of TV shows, movies, things like that. Very, very nice. Very nice. So the, the question we talked about this a little bit in the green room beforehand, but you know, I am tempted to boil everything down to grandpa doesn't understand TikTok. What the fuck? Um, uh, I, I can probably do better than that, but uh, both of you guys have tremendous followings. I think half a million followers each. Is that it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know, yeah. It's how dare we? Like, no, like, we have been, I've been, I've been like that. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, Avalone told me a million, and so I was impressed. Yeah. So now well, I'm, collectively. You bundle us right. together, and you get roughly a million. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. as you know, as many as 300 <laughs> people watch this podcast. There we go. <laughs> so, you know. Lip. Literally dozens on YouTube alone. Literally yeah. dozens, of, literally dozens. Of <laughs> now that said, again, as we also said, this is this podcast is probably a little niche in that it's focused on uh, creators and creatives talking about their experiences and their lives and all of that, and you know that is of as much interest uh, as 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 it will be to the audience. But so tell us first off, whoever wants to start. What got you into TikTok, and how did you build that audience? Uh, Justin, you've been doing it longer. You go, you go ahead and. Oh yeah, I, I can start. Uh, I think I have one of the more common ways, which is that uh, my wife got me into it because she kept showing me a bunch of TikToks, uh, and so I was like, "Oh, this is fun. I'll download it on my phone." And then I did, and I was like, "And then I started thinking, oh, maybe this would be a, like a fun TikTok video to make." So then I started making videos like that, and uh, the snowball is kind of snowballed from there. And then you know, I, I was. Kind of, you know, generally, I wasn't really like a specified or focused thing for a while uh, until I put out a video because I had seen a lot of the comic book content creators that I was following, and like especially like the, the women who were content creators on there about and or comic fans talking a lot about just like the like shitty gatekeeping that they have experienced out in the world of just trying to make it as a woman in nerd like fandoms and everything. And so I, I made up a character named the Gatekeeper, who ran Gatekeeper Comics, and it was just like a quick rundown of it's like a greatest hits of everything you would imagine to get hit with of just like oh you buying these books for your boyfriend or I bet you don't even know who that is on your shirt or right. like sure you know, like like name me like the the, ar the arbitrary trivia contest um, sure and that blew up. Um, and so it's like, all right, cool. Like I, I'm, I'm gonna keep talking about comics, and it, it turned out that people were all too happy to like watch me talk, like ramble on about characters like Detective Chimp and Glob Herman, and like <laughs> these, these, these random, like I, again, like the thing I like talking about, like while like it's, it's great about you know the about something like the, you know the, the standout you know tentpole characters like your Batman, your Captain Americas that have these eighty year long histories that are all equally wild in their own case and i do like I occasionally like taking a page out of those just be like look at this one weird thing that happened like 60 years ago that batman had to do right. um I, I also i also like kind of taking those characters that are either not 
terribly used a lot or that are very much like either joke characters that could later become something or were just kind of like it as well and like really kind of looking at like this is who they are and it's like this is a character that i don't think a lot of people really know about and they say it's like i've i i started earlier this year when marvel was having their contest to vote on who gets to be the last member of the new iteration of the x-men after the big hellfire gala that's going on right now in the comics right um and I, I started a campaign to try to get uh, Glob Herman as a write-in candidate um, because I felt like he, I felt like, every, you know, it's it's all these, you know, Polaris, all these like huge Tempest, all these like big hitters, strong guy, like all these guys that are like real powerful, like legacy heroes. And I'm like, get Glob on the team. It's like, there's no reason not to have him on there. He deserves to be there just as much, you know, think of the dynamic. And like, and so like, I would, I was starting to actually like see on like other social media on like Twitter and like on the Instagram and stuff of people like commenting, like hashtag here of Glob, like where's Glob Herman in the comments of these Marvel posts. And I was like, Oh, that's right. I have like a reach now. Like that was like, that was like the first moment where I started to realize like, Oh, I actually seeing that I have several hundred thousand followers is like, Oh, that is that, that is the tangible proof of like, Oh yeah, that's happening. And then I will say, I don't think it's entirely coincidental that after I made that post, like within a few days, when Marvel put up their like, here's the leaderboard, uh, the like Steve Karnacki figure they picked to like show what uh, how the numbers were looking was Glob, and I was like, this That's is, funny. I was like, this can't be a coincidence because of all the characters you could pick. It could have been Beast. It could have been like any of the like That's nerds. So random, yeah, yeah. And you, yeah. and you picked Glob, Herman. I was like, this is a call out. They saw, they saw this. They saw what's going oh, on. Undoubtedly, <laughs> undoubtedly, they did. A couple of but, couple of thoughts on what you said. One is that Gatekeeper character sounds great. Uh, I did a character in the Elvira comic. Uh, I did a comic where she was in the Inferno going through hell and meeting people. And she sees a guy whose name she doesn't know, but he had a website called Nerd Bully. Uh, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, she says he died uh, during a screening of The Last Jedi. His last words were Mary Sue. <laughs> he, had a, he had a seizure. He had a seizure during The Last Jedi. And his last words. Last recorded words. And what I, my favorite thing about that, just to wrap that up, is that there's a guy who apparently is a YouTuber, a comic skate YouTuber, who did 10 videos about how I was obsessed with him, and that was him. Oh my God. And I had never you heard of him. Proving the point, man. You I gotta love, you gotta love. I really never heard of the guy. He also Lord. thought it was drawn to look like him when it was very clearly drawn to look like Ethan Van Skyver. Because all those guys look like that. <laughs> yeah, it's true. So he's oh like, oh, God. this is definitely me. He's like, no, you're just, <laughs> no, you just, you just, you just kind of fit a mold. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I just that. Like also, maybe, 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 maybe look at the fact that he's in hell and consider yeah. the fact that it's maybe not something you want to be like shouting from the rooftops and going, hey, that's me. It's like maybe, maybe yeah. be like, oh, it, maybe, maybe let that be a self-reflective moment. Be like, oh, that's me. Well, again, you don't get subtext without telling me you don't get subtext. Yeah. Hey, guys. Yeah. Kevin Spacey and Seven based on me, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, also, total oh, ripoff. About not. Yeah. They didn't even credit me. Yep. Without not understanding subtext, I think when you do two, 10 videos about how someone else is obsessed with you, Mm. <laughs> <laughs> off of a one maybe, panel like couple of pages and it literally it's a it's like a page yeah uh, off of one page in one comic uh, I just uh, to, you know and it was it was a reaction to reading a couple of reviews, reviews of elvira where people were like you know at least it's not full of this feminist shit and i'm like it's 
got feminist shit on every page, and you, yeah. the fact that you didn't notice it is fucking great and hilarious. <laughs> That's you extremely think, you think Lyle Viro yeah. comic isn't feminist. That's is good. Like, like the boob, the, you were just looking at boob drawings and not reading yeah. the book. Yeah. Uh, which you know, good for you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's a. Uh, how long? Just to continue with Justin for a second, how long are these TikTok videos? Like for me, as an outsider, when I see a TikTok video, it's someone dancing and it's ninety seconds tops. So yeah, this is bigger than that. It's it's interesting because like like it's it it kind of varies like the the two like predetermined like preset kind of time lengths you can go for maximums are like 15 seconds or 60 seconds. And so like there are people like if, if, if you get on a rant, you might see people posting like four part kind of like series of just like, cause they, they only have it. And only recently they started letting some people make or not make, but upload uh, three minute videos, which is interesting because I've only ever done one. And it was to explain a, a unpopular Batman opinion I had, I had shared that people were like, explain it. And I was like, all right, fine. Um, and, but it's like, it's, it, it feels like three minutes feels like once you, once you crack that three minute mark, it's like, okay, at this point, I'm just going to make like a, an actual full YouTube video of just like, right. I'm just going to like, yeah. I'm just going to take into It's like, it, it's part of that, like knowing, knowing how to fit it in the box of a minute sure. of like what, how to, how to condense it and like get just like the purest extract you can of what you're trying to say. So you're not like, it, it rips all the filler out. So, I, so I usually I usually tend to sit for a minute. That makes sense to me because I you know the bite size nature. Like I remember way back at the beginning of streaming video, it was like don't make something. There used to be like quick time only went eight minutes, mm -hmm. so you couldn't upload something longer than eight minutes. And that was and then people were like, well, but the attention span is maybe two minutes, and I feel like that attention span is dropping slowly as time mm -hmm. goes on. Mm -hmm. And there is something like. When someone sends you a link and it's five minutes, you go, uh it's like it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's like commit to it, yeah. Like, uh, three minutes looking at my I don't know, man. Oh boy. Yeah. You I know, got other uh, stuff I could be watching. No, but it's it's very instructional actually, knowing that these what we're talking about, the universe of stuff we're talking about is 15 seconds or 60 seconds is uh, yeah and i i i i love I, I mean justin's take was right on where it's like boil it the fuck down you know what i'm okay. saying i mean it's, it's it's like good sports tv where it's like you got you got 15 seconds to give me your 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 lebron james point and then we're getting the fuck out of here yeah. it's you know in my business it's you got steven spielberg in an elevator for a minute and 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 what are you going to say to him because he's hopping off on the on the fifth floor and going to his agent's office you know yeah. um so you know, Kate, Kate capshaw what were you thinking but you know that's a that's a that's why Spielberg's never going to make any of my movies. Uh, I, 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 I uh, all that said, I once fucking uh, shared an elevator at uh, at 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 UTA with fucking Fonzie. Best uh, best like minute and a half of my life. Incredible. What? There you go. Henry awesome. Winkler's a great guy. Yeah, I, I have I have heard that. So Panda, how did you get into it? Um. So I started a while while back my buddy kept sharing tiktoks with me and to get him to shut up i downloaded it and the, when i first started it was because uh i was in lockdown over the summer and couldn't get a job so i started uploading like i would go out and draw every day and i would upload videos of like oh here's what i drew today and it'd be like time lapses of that but eventually the thing that actually got me big on tiktok which only happened in like october inspired by stuff like uh, Justin's videos was I thought of, of a character called the uh, 
called Bill the Henchman, who would be kind of a, a joke character of every henchman that exists in comics or the guy who gets the, the shit kicked out of him the most. And the first video I uploaded was uh, the first the first goon to fight Robin. And it was Bill the Henchman after getting his ass kicked by a 12-year-old. Right, 12-year-old gymnast. Exactly. And that was the video that, that blew up. And uh, a, a big difference between the, the audiences of me and Justin, even though there's a lot of uh, overlap, is I'm very much more skit-based. I do a lot more comedy videos that are kind of playfully poking fun at comics through through the eyes of someone who loves them very much and going this is silly these these characters are silly and we all need to accept that and sure. not take it super <clears throat> seriously so i i have a, a large audience based around the idea of of laughing at, at characters like batman or at least finding the fun in them because i find that comics usually <clears throat> have a tendency to get really really dark about a guy who dresses in spandex and kicks the shit out of the mentally ill so yeah. <laughs> I, it's, it's really easy to, to look at them and go, but aren't they a little funny? And yeah. so, yeah. And, and off of that, I've made a couple of different series. I, I'm known a lot for specific series that I do. The one of Tim them Test being, is absolutely one of my favorite series you do. The Tim <laughs> Test is the thank best. You. The Tim Test is, is a, it's a skit based around the fact that Tim Drake, to become Robin, found out who both Batman and Dick Grayson were off of prior knowledge that he had and a video of Robin that he saw. So the Tim test is a joke that I do. That is if Tim Drake can guess who your secret identity is, your secret identity is shit. And so I just run different superheroes through it and kind of point out the fact that all of their secret identities are terrible. Right. And so there's that, uh, another one that people, go crazy for is a bit I do called Alfred Call the Guy, which is <laughs> I've invented this nebulous character who you have never seen called the guy, who is the adoption person for Batman because he has an army of Robins. And the joke is that he tells Alfred Call the Guy and he can just adopt anybody that he wants right. to be a Robin. I burned somebody... through another teenager. Exactly. It's oh that's <laughs> me another five pack of call the guy. Yeah. yeah, it'll it'll be it'll be like it'll be like it'll be like a video of somebody like like ripping a log in half with their bare hands, and it'll just be like, yeah. "Hey, that one's mine, Clark. You can't have them. That one's mine." Yeah, exactly. It's it's a hundred percent that. Uh, and and I also do a lot of of deep dives on on characters when I when I feel like it. I've done a couple of months where I it's like, oh, for Black History Month, I deep dive a character a day. Uh, That's great people don't really know about, or for Women's History Month, I did the same thing. I don't really do those anymore because, Justin, I don't know how the fuck you do it. That shit's tiring as hell. <laughs> oh yeah, it's 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 very it's very nitpicky, and it's it's real fun because it'll be like I do know, like I can give you a bold like a bold strokes, but I will then do mm -hmm. research to make sure that like I'm not missing any important key details that right. people will either get pedantic about in the comments or that I think would be like this is a thing that I don't think a lot of people talk enough about. Um, yep. and then it's just like that matter of like, as I'm filming, it's just like, okay, I have eight seconds to talk about this one thing and I have to condense this whole moment into eight seconds so that I can talk about the next thing and have enough yeah. time to talk about all the points I want to hit in this one minute video. It's, it's a lot of exactly. trial and error. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's, it's amazing. I, I try and kind of adapt the sort of 
bold strokes talk about the whole story idea into a different series I do called In a Nutshell, which is basically taking a story, a whole graphic novel story, and condensing it down as much as I can. Those I do a lot more of the multi-part series that Justin was talking about, a lot more mm -hmm. of part one, two, three, four, five, because uh, I don't know how to get the best bits, mostly because I think I, there's no <laughs> one to not laugh at my jokes in front of me, so then I just throw everything I can at the wall and go, maybe one of these lines will be funny, and sure. then throw all of those out. So that that's that's a little bit more my, my sphere. That's really, that, that also brings up another important uh, aspect of this, which is, so it's, do both of you do it every day? Yes. Yeah, basically. Do you, um, do you shoot five and bank them and then let them out over, you know? Sometimes? Yeah, yeah. it's, it's it's sort of as the inspiration hits. It's sort of it, it's 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 as the inspiration hits. If it's like it, it's kind of a few nebulous points that I'm grabbing from. Like there's stuff I want to talk about. Mm -hmm. There's like you know comic news and stuff that I want to you know share as well that I'm excited about to talk about. Like that. There's characters that people have asked me to talk about and go more in, in depth about. So like trying to get to those. And then it's so and then it's a matter of. Yeah, then like once I have like okay, these are the videos I want to make today. I then have to go out do the research for those videos, collect sure. the images I need, get those all portioned as I need them and formatted the way that they will fit best with the like format of like the green screen on TikTok. Yeah. Um, and then sit down, film, edit, and then kind of bank them to release them throughout the day. Because that, that's, that's definitely a nuts and bolts thing I was curious about is that yeah. like a lot of these things make it seem like you have to record it live on the app and upload it and there's no multiple takes and there's that. So you can oh, shoot so many takes. it and oh, then so <clears throat> upload at a later time, definitely. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, with mine, I, there's not a lot of research that goes into it. It, it just kind of as the, as the jokes hit me, all of my skits are improv. I don't write any of them down. So really it's... If I think it's if I think of something funny, I'll film it and then I'll put and then I'll put that out. Very rarely do I have backstock because it's like, oh, I filmed ten skits today, so either one's gonna get really big and the rest are gonna flop, or I can just put one out today, one out tomorrow, and then do that for the next ten days. Yeah, the the algorithm is also a fun thing to contend with on TikTok. Uh, it's instead it, of unlike YouTube, you can't pick the video you're gonna watch. You mm -hmm. get shown the videos you that scroll the algorithm through. wants to tell you. Yeah, so yeah. there's 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 the well, on on the main TikTok app. There's essentially two feeds on like the home page. There is the for you page, which is like the main home screen that you kind of. The algorithm tries to figure you out by which videos you engage with, which ones like you like or comment, uh, which ones you swipe through. You can specifically say like, I'm not interested in this video, so don't show me videos like this. And gradually as you use the app, the algorithm kind of learns what stuff you tend to like to watch. And it will like start as you start like following people, it'll start kind of like occasionally throwing their videos in as well. And like, it it's it's but it's not wow. it's not as it's not as it's not as fully fleshed out and smart as that should sound um yeah. because there will still be like occasional days where like they're either updating the algorithm they're like updating the system and so you get nothing but like what is currently on the greatest hits page of tiktok of just like accounts that have millions of followers yeah. and videos that have millions of views and mm -hmm. you're dancing girls 
Dancing girls, dancing yeah. girls, yeah. car accidents, anything. So I've seen a lot of dancing girls. That's, that, if you're yeah. following someone, you don't necessarily see every video that they put well, up. Well, no, because the second the, – well, necessarily, no, you don't see all the videos that they put up. But there is a, a second tab called the following tab. So if you just swipe to, to the left, I think, on, on TikTok, you go to a, a following tab, which is structured just like the For You page, but only people that you follow. You okay. won't see all of their videos, but it'll randomize the videos that have been put out recently. Hell, sometimes not even recently by the people yeah, that we follow. Yeah. It really just picks what what videos from the from that person's page that they feel like you want to see, and shows that on your for you page. So uh, you can so you can do a series of videos, and it sounds like it's smart to have like a branding that you keep coming back to, like a character. Or a type of video, well, but it's a bad idea to serialize them in the yeah. sense that you have to watch the fifth one after the fourth one, or it doesn't make sense. Yeah, well, parts die, and that's and, and that's and that's die. the problem is that like it's currently they're they've just started rolling out a feature, and it's the, the other fun thing about like whenever TikTok rolls out a new feature is it's a sort of trickle down thing where not everybody gets it at the same time. Right. Uh, but one of the ones they just rolled out is the ability for creators to compile playlists of their videos. So you can right. have it so it'll sit at the top of your page where it's like, oh, here's everyone in order of this series that I do. So if you do series like mm -hmm. that's making it easier. But yeah, generally it's it's like I typically it's why I also tend to like space out if I'm doing any of like a series of a thing of not trying yeah. to like get them all in one day because right. then pe they will be seen at different times at different rates by different people. And yeah. by trying to put it out like once a week, once every two weeks, once a month, it it get, makes it easier that it'll and uh, evens the odds that it'll show up better. Mm -hmm. um, like you can do, so, yeah. you can do some things at like at the beginning of any of my multi-part videos. I always say this is a part two. Go back and watch part one. This mm -hmm. is a this is a part three. Watch the other parts. But that only does so much because even just from the experience of flipping through TikTok, I never do that shit. If somebody no. if there's a part two, I'm like. Unless that thing hooks me immediately and I'm like, what the fuck happened in part one? I'm not going to mm -hmm. go back and watch part one. There's really, just too it, much out there, right? Yeah. 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 And the playlist feature is great. But for people like both me and Justin that have thousands of videos already, you have to go through go each back video scroll, you've yeah. done and, and mm. sort them on your so own. It sounds like TikToking at least once a day also just like is necessary to keep you relevant in people's yeah, in, in the algorithm it's it's actually true because like there have been there have been times where i i have whether out of necessity for like work and stuff like that or just mm -hmm. out of you know mental health of just like taking a break from posting where i will you know like if, if, if it's if there's too big a gap if you if you are getting into like posting one two videos a day and then you like cut it off for like a week the not only does it does it like a huge drop off of like views in general but like if you then the next time you pop up a video it could not be seen by anyone the algorithm might not like grab onto it right. or right. it could also just be seen by a bunch of people for some reason again the algorithm is completely unknowable and yeah and it's not public we can't see yeah. the algorithm we right. don't know what right. the algorithm decides how it decides to make videos how it decides to distribute videos we don't know shit. All we know is what gets people viewing, and we work off of that. And hopefully, yeah. TikTok doesn't change the algorithm because TikTok is also very much oh, yeah. known for randomly deciding what is and isn't okay to see. 
So mm-hmm. I can't, like, I've done multiple videos on, like, Jack Kirby and Captain America where kind of by necessity you have to say the word Nazi, but every mm-hmm. time I say Nazi, the video gets taken down, even if I'm talking yep. about Captain America kicking well, the living yeah. shit out even, of Nazis. E- yeah, even, even speaking in India, just a purely educational vacuum of, like, I have to talk about it because this character was at one point a Nazi. Like, I can't yeah. not talk about Red Skull and talk about that. Mm-hmm. Uh and then, and, but then, like, yeah, the video will get flagged, and it'll just be like, no, nah, we don't want, we don't want you to see that. So, do you say national socialist? Oh, yeah, <laughs> there's all sorts of. I, I, there's a bunch of very colorful language. I know personally, I always try and make it a joke that I can't say it. Usually, right. my my fallback is I call them the Empire, and I show like Star Wars pictures behind me, and I use like Star Wars language and kind of wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Or I call them like Charlie Chaplin's overzealous fan club, the Twisty X Brigade, or something, right, and right. and try and find different ways of getting around it. But the algorithm is so different. Being a TikToker, or at least getting big, is this kind of working around what you can and can't say, working around what videos do and don't get shown, working around what pop, what is and isn't popular at the time. Because yeah. I've made videos on like Isaiah Bradley three months before Captain America came out and got no views. But if I posted that right after Captain America and the Winter right, Soldier like, came out, huge. it would have blown up. Like that right. was, that was the, the, the big thing. Like, uh, and again, it's like, it's like much like with other social media, there are like trends and mm-hmm. like some of that could just be like broad, like across the site, like, Oh, these are memes. These are popular audios. People are using, you know, they are dances or things like that. But even like in each like subsect of TikTok and each part of TikTok. Like, you know, earlier this year for comic book TikTok, it was like, you know, you you did like weekly recap videos about like WandaVision, about like the the the, the Disney Plus series and then like, you know, do like recaps, do like talk about, oh, these are the references that were in this thing. These are like, you know, the deep dive, like speculation and theory videos and like and like those that all spiraled out of control. Um, yeah. Or we're, we're, we're now everyone who is an immediately identifiable character is Mephisto. Um, <laughs> but uh, That is a real I, thing. That's a running... It's it's a run it's a running joke now at this point that if 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 a character shows up at all it's like that's Mephisto. Um, Mephisto is in a trench coat. Yep, amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But but also to kind of to go back because like uh, it's something you had said, uh, David, about like you know you, you you're trying to like define like what it is and like and like stick to that. Sometimes I will say it, it's interesting because it's it's approached kind of from both ways and like I know for me it happened the one way. Which is like sometimes you're like, all right, I want to do a TikTok and I want my TikTok to be devoted to this one subject. And so you will just crank out TikToks and like build your way, climb that mountain of like gathering followers off of it and like just trying to like put that content out and like building it from that way. And then sometimes it's just like, I'm going to throw things at a wall and I'm going to see what sticks. And then it's sort of the algorithm that's like, okay, this video you made about this topic went really well. So now you're only going to do videos about this topic if you want to get like seen in like more like more broadly. Like that was mm-hmm. that was sort of like I, I I as as I was passionate about like comics, it's easy for me to talk about, but it was also not a thing I was like talking about a lot until mm-hmm. I made the gatekeeper comic video and it went everywhere. And then I was like, okay, well I'm, I'm going to keep making gatekeeper <clears throat> videos about like in like different like parts of nerd culture like you know gatekeeper games keep gatekeeper video games gatekeeper right. you know books and records and like kind of like like do that like to the point where i came up with a counterpoint character to him called the key master who is just like the antithesis of just like being like yeah like what you like like there's no like we're not here to shame anyone we're not here to like 
we're just here like more people you know like more people makes it better like diversify like make this better mm-hmm. um and then like, kind of like putting like those up as counterpoints but it was like it was like it was like that and then like the talking about comics thing i was even like not really doing as hardcore as i'm doing it now until like last november or december where i just saw like i it, it was a huge jump until i i i got on tiktok i want to say late august early september of 2019 mm. and between the, my time of joining tiktok and i would say until about i think like last june or maybe july so within about a year I had managed to accrue almost 10,000 followers and just the random videos I was putting out about all kinds of things. I was talking about Pokemon. I was talking about theater. I was talking about all kinds of things. Mm. And then Gatekeeper Comics happened. And that like was a huge influx of people coming to like see my stuff. So I started trying to cater a little bit more to that. Mm. Um, And then last November or December, I just, I I think it was honestly like the, the three videos that I put up that like really, started like a ball roll like really snowballed was i talked about uh the x-men miniseries called the worst x-men um mm-hmm. and specifically about it was, it was like it was like three in a row it was like it was like the main <clears throat> character kind of like the gist of like what the character was about this other character that's in it who is his friend who is actually like one of the most powerful mutants ever put to page because she can control the like fabric of reality and then about how I knew that going into doing a video series about the series called the worst X-Men that somebody would come in and they'd be like, I think the worst X-Men is Cypher. And so I had to have a whole like this, like defense of Cypher video being like, no, Cypher is actually great and has Mm -hmm. arguably one of the more useful powers. You just don't like it because he's not combat interesting, but he is way more interesting and dangerous in every other aspect that isn't uh, putting a fist to a face. Um, And I think those three videos like the like one or two of them like cracked a million views within a day mm-hmm. um and it just kind of like it just started going off of that and i just i was like all right well i'm, I'm gonna talk about these obscure comic book characters that i like and then like that started doing numbers as well and so yep. i was like all right cool like i'll talk about comics and so like now like that is like kind of like cemented like my place of like where i'm at on tiktok is like i am known as somebody who not only talks about comics but if you have questions about comics I, I can, I am one of the people who can point you in the right direction. Mm-hmm. And I mean, honestly, I, out, outside of TikTok, I'm, I'm a video game artist. So both I, my stuff is very based in, in video games and, and art. Like my, my start in TikTok was in art, was breakdowns of how to draw and stuff like that. But then I made the one video about Bill and that exploded. And right. now I, I've been able to like cement the fact that if I talk about something that isn't directly related to Marvel or DC, you can visibly see the drop off in views because TikTok <laughs> has gone. You are this. You are this person. You. Right. This is the videos yeah. you put out. I made a video about GI Joe the movie the other day, where I, the the animated movie from the eighties, and that video did shit. That video mm-hmm. got no views, mm-hmm. but. Uh, right before that, I made a skit about Batman, and that did amazing. So on now, TikTok, there is there it, it funnels you into where it wants you to be. If mm. you had, this is very you know uh, deep in the weeds, but if you had <clears throat> talked about the fact that GI Joe was a Marvel comic in the eighties, oh, that would have done great. In, 
Yeah, that would. Yeah. Would that have would that oh. have connected it enough to your other content? Like, yep. if you want to do that again, would you go like I'm going to talk about the Transformers, or I'm trying to think of something yep. that's a Marvel comic? Yeah, like if you just as in. an aside say Marvel published this in the '80s. Yeah. Mm -hmm. In other words, if no, I do one about my Elvira comics, I should mention that Elvira was at DC. Yeah, there's also connected <laughs> to the DC world of. Yeah, there's also this thing that you have to you have to tie it to popular media. I've done yeah. videos about uh, whenever I do videos about the Robins because a lot of my skits revolve around the Robins because I don't think they get enough love. So I always do videos about them. But I can see a, a distinct difference in the views I get from doing videos about Robin as the, like the platonic ideal of Robin that when it's just labeled Robin in comparison to when I do videos about Dick Grayson, Jason Todd, Tim Drake, Damian Wayne. What I specify, you yeah. TikTok very much likes to go very broad. If you can, if you can define who your character is in a broad stroke, that is what gets popular. So if mm. you were to talk about like like your comic on on TikTok, you would say Elvira, and then you would have to mention the fact that Elvira interacted with Batman in this one issue, like sixty right. in the in the seventies or something. Like you would need to to spe specify yeah. them to bigger characters. And they're drawing yeah. all that from the audio and the images. You're not adding hashtags or anything like well, that. Even, well, hashtags but you are also a part of it. Hashtags okay. are also a part. And that also helps specify where your video goes. Okay. So, mm -hmm. And also something that you can see is there's popular hashtags. <clears throat> there's hashtags that are being used for like ad campaigns and stuff that are going to get pushed. So you will see videos that have nothing to do with Axe Body Spray that have hashtag Axe Body Spray for life and that's just because that's a popular hashtag right now, and people want to get their videos seen. Mm -hmm. Axe right. body spray is popular in TikTok. Interesting. Fuck no, no but absolutely not. Right. <laughs> but no. but they paid TikTok is... a fuck ton of money. Right. To yeah. Push their, their yeah. Hashtag. It's yeah. It's, you, yeah. You, you just you just kind of ride the coattails or hope to at least of of these big branded hashtags because right. by by definition they're being they're paying money to make sure that videos with those hashtags get seen. So if you did it so if you did a video about the Batmobile and said it was nicer than a Tesla, you could essentially get Elon Musk to be paying millions of dollars to push your TikTok, your right? Tesla would. Would. Yeah, and not only for the ad campaign at the moment, yeah. And and, and not only that, I mean. you could you could make you could make a if 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 you shift it just the right way, you can make a you can make a video about how like the Tesla versus the Batmobile and like the the like rundown of like the features that each of those has, and then like right. tag Tesla in it, right? Uh, and then they will either and then they could respond or share your 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 TikTok as well. Which again, that's like another big thing is like some people if if they're talking about people, there's a lot of there's a lot of like celebrities on TikTok, there's a lot of like corporations on TikTok, there's a lot of like things like that. And so like sometimes people to try to like quick launch themselves up a bit will do something that either mentions like a celebrity who is on TikTok or something like that and will like tag them in the video and with the hopes that that celebrity who already has a huge built-in following right. will then like share the like duet the TikTok on their page so therefore, you are then being seen by their audience right. as well mm -hmm. to bring them to your page. There is also an aspect of the fact that that celebrities and corporations and stuff on TikTok don't know how the fuck to use TikTok. Yep, right. no, they at all. 
and sure. you can, it you can it, visibly it, it, see. It, it, sound, it sounds like you need a technical manual about about this thick. It's actually, it's not, it, it, the thing is, it's very accessible, and I think that's a part mm -hmm. of the reason why it's yeah. such a popular app, but it's, it's also a lot of trial and error of figuring out what yeah. does work, what doesn't work, of like figuring out sort of like, what, how can I, how can I mold this meme that is going around TikTok that will still make it about the stuff that I talk about, but right. is also using the same. The, er, earlier today, right. I put up a TikTok that is using a popular audio uh, that's a clip from the TV show The Good Place, uh, where she, where she, uh, Michael Ted Dance's character is asking for a file, and and Janet is like, I have a and is, it, is it a file or is it a cactus? And this is it's, it's just kind of like back and forth to make sure that I'm getting what I'm asking for. And I used it to talk about kind of the fact that at this point, Marvel TikTokers are so gung ho. Like I, I know I'm guilty of it. Um, of like one episode of Loki has dropped, and like everyone at this point is just trying to like peel back as deep as they can. Of trying to be like, okay, so they said he had infraction seven twenty eighty nine, and if you look, seven twenty eighty nine was also the date that the Satanic Verses was published. So this also means that Mephisto is going to be in, in Loki. Sure. And like it's just trying to like make as like these connections as hard as they can. And so I, I made a video where there's coming out being like it's it's not it's not Mephisto guys they're not gonna bring Mephisto in and it's like if and it's like I have proof of it and it's like what is your is is, is it like the last proof you had that was you know Evan Peters or a fly on the wall in an episode of Wandavision right, right. and it's like no I, yep. swear, I swear it is and it's like it's, it's like a stained glass that's sort of satanic and it's like that's still not proof it's um, it's like the like, it's like the repeated mantra of it's not lupus on house. Yep. Yeah, like the and villain honest, is never Mephisto. It's the disease it's not, is yeah, never lupus. Yeah. They're, they're not going to bring Mephisto. In. And and I mean on TikTok, there's also a certain level that personality is the thing that drives drives sure. TikTok. I can see. And, yeah. I learned that. I mean, I will I will confess in the early aughts, mm -hmm. I worked for a soft core ish website called uh, Danny's Hard Drive, which was incredibly popular. Mm -hmm. And it baffled me because we had people paying 20 something dollars a month mm -hmm. for access to this porn website that wasn't mm -hmm. even hardcore porn. It was just very but, softcore stuff. And I came to the shocking conclusion. I said this in a meeting once. I said, after studying how this website works, working here for a few months, mm -hmm. it's love. Yeah, it's it driven turns out. I love someone yeah. sees one of our promos and goes, the only thing that will satisfy me is that particular woman yeah and I the could, thing i could look at all of this stuff for free mm -hmm. but right now your promo has made me obsessed with this person and mm -hmm. i now must pay 29.95 a month yeah, to see yeah, yeah. i mean yeah. and only fans obviously works on that <laughs> principle as well and the thing but, is i mean i've seen i've seen content creators that take my videos wholesale and remake them that do the exact video that I did, change one or two words, and just re-upload the video, mm -hmm. but filmed with them. And yeah. the reason that their video doesn't blow up and that mine does is the personality difference. Yeah. Is yeah. There is there's a level of personal. Yeah, it's 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 sort of the, there, there's a, there's an interesting interplay with that too because like that that does mm -hmm. happen like uh, yeah that that'll happen where people will and like if you're lucky you will start a trend on TikTok. And if you're yeah. lucky, the people who are following that trend will credit you as the person who had right. the first video with that trend. Mm -hmm. And that right. doesn't always happen. Most um, of the time it doesn't. Most of the time it does not. Uh, it, it's also like there, there's an interesting thing in terms of, you know, uh, as with all forms of social media, 
there are going to be people who are there looking for a fight. Um, mm -hmm. And so it's, 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 it's a constant like thought of yourself of like, this person like is like anytime like I see, I will see a comment that is just either there to be negative, just there to be contrary to whatever I'm, I'm posting about. I tend to click through and more often than not, they don't have any videos up and they have like maybe less than 10 followers. Right. And it's that thing of like, I can respond to this comment. I can literally make mm -hmm. a video that pulls up what this comment was and I can make a whole video responding to this comment. And it's that thought of like, all that is doing is giving them my audience. Yep. And like, making and them it's, like, it's, 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 it's not helping me at all. I've, um, I've seen that phenomenon on Twitter a lot where someone will like quote treat, tweet a troll <clears> so that <throat> everyone can pile on them. And I'm like, yeah, but if you hadn't done that, literally three people would have seen this offensive tweet. And now yeah. 10,000 people have seen this offensive tweet who exactly. probably would have been better off in their lives never having encountered this person. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's been multiple times that I've seen people comment on my videos things that are either calling me out or saying something that is just blatantly untrue. And I've just gone, I, I don't need to respond to you. You don't, yeah. everyone that follows me doesn't need to know you exist. And right. there's, a, exactly. there's 120 comments on this video. Most likely no one's going to scroll through them other than me. So you're yeah. probably... No one's right. going to see this anyway. <laughs> no, and what I see a lot, I mean, even on Instagram, on Twitter, on even on Facebook, is that if you're popular, if you have half a million followers and someone bags on you horribly in the comments, inevitably one of your followers will take them on. You don't like oh, – yeah. you don't even have to yeah. do it. Your friends will mop that Let up. Let waste their time on it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, your yeah, friends yeah. will mop that mess up. For, I wanted yeah, to yeah. mention this because it's one of my yeah. favorite things. The, the, the analog version of the hashtag thing, going back to I think the 70s, some American humor writer <clears throat> looked at the all-time bestseller lists, and mm -hmm. the three top bestsellers were books about – or no, this is a British writer – were books about the Nazis, books about golf, and books about cats. And he wrote a book called Golfing for Cats and put a giant swastika on the cover. Just as like, <laughs> well, this should, this should yeah, do There we go. And the American numbers. Writer, an American <laughs> writer did the same thing, and the book was called Lincoln's Doctor's Dog. <laughs> like, these are the three biggest bestseller topics, so let's just perfect. So, that, that's that's so, so, analog yeah, yeah. hashtags. Mm -hmm. yeah. So let, let, let me let me contextualize this whole conversation because we we, mm -hmm. we 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 just I mean we dove headfirst into like the deep water of TikTok and we did this for a reason. Now now this discussion has kind of grown out of a uh, um, a tradition with me that goes back years now, um, and it started on the convention circuit. Now I am lucky in that I have you know I I, I go to a lot of comic conventions as a as mm -hmm. a guest or, or or whatever as a creator. And I have an invitation from most of these cons to just put panels up. And that was actually how Avalonia and I met. Um, uh, I needed a, a, a good panelist for a um, for a Kickstarter panel. And somebody introduced me to Avalonia and we just kind of hit it off. And, you know, mm -hmm. I've had him on 10 panels since. And now we hold hands and do this show and sing fucking goodbye <laughs> and everything. Um, <clears throat> but the tradition is this. Um, I'm, I'm a pretty smart guy, uh, but that I, but I'm just smart enough to know that I don't know everything about everything. And so what I have done with these panels is when I don't understand something backwards and forwards, I can sense an opportunity, but when I don't understand something, if I want to figure it out, mm -hmm. I will get five people that are, you know, the smartest people in the world at that thing, put them up in front of a con crowd and pick their mm -hmm. brains on it, have them teach it to me. And I did that with Kickstarter. 
Um, you know, I, uh, I launched my first uh, Kickstarter, uh, right around this time last year, I guess. And I've done three since and they've been pretty successful, but two years before then I was trying to figure out Kickstarter. Mm -hmm. Um, and without ha ever having sniffed Kickstarter before, uh, I started doing Kickstarter panels at cons and, and, and I would just get people like Avalone who had, Avalone had just come off, um, the first Kickstarter for drawing blood, which I think made $150,000 or something like that. And so uh, I was thinking, a humble $106,000. Is that it? Okay. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I figured maybe this guy knows a little bit about this. And so let me get them up, uh, you know, and, and let me get him and a couple of people up in front of a crowd and, and let me figure out what this is all about. Anyway, those people taught me how to make something of Kickstarter. And again, three successful Kickstarters later, I'd, I'd like to say I've, I've learned something. I've kind of decoded something, figured it out. And so there's something going on uh, on TikTok right now. And and, mm -hmm. and and that's why I was so interested in having the two of you guys on. The, the, the two of you clearly know what you're doing. <laughs> you, <laughs> you, you, you've painted this very vivid picture of that, uh, you know, over the course of the last 45 minutes. Um, what you've also uh, painted a very vivid picture of is that there is a kind of like rabid and very enthusiastic comic book audience on TikTok. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, and so... And so I think that there is an opportunity there for, for creators. We talked about this, uh, you know, off, uh, off camera in the green room before we started here. Um, I don't feel like creators have sort of, I don't know if it's fair to say they haven't discovered this yet, but they're not making the best use of it right now. Again, there's a, I, I mean, it's, it, it, it is what I saw on Kickstarter. It's like, okay, well, there's this massive opportunity for, for creators on, on, on Kickstarter, not, not just as a, um, it, the money is good on Kickstarter, right? Everybody sees the dollar amounts and that's what they go crazy for. But what I discovered doing the panels and then ultimately actually, you know, moving on to Kickstarter was that there was this, there was a massive rabid fan base there. And so uh, Kickstarter is most useful as a fan base builder. Um, there is a kind of, kind of fan on there that will just embrace you and love you and you become theirs. Right. And so everything that you put out after that, they're on board, they're all in, they're, 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 you know, whatever. And so, so, so I think that a similar opportunity exists on TikTok. And what I love about TikTok also is that TikTok seems to be, it's random in a sense, um, but you have to work very hard and work very consistently to, to, to benefit from the randomness. Right. But, yeah. you know, but you're, but it happened, it can happen overnight. You know what I'm saying? You can, you know, I, 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 I mean, just, just, you guys are interesting case studies because you, you exist on Instagram, you exist on Twitter and you know, your, your followings on Twitter and Instagram are, you know, it's, it, it I haven't, I, you know, I haven't checked them recently, but you know, you got a couple of thousand people like a, like a normal, you know, like a normal comic creator would, I guess. Right. right. Um, but then you look at TikTok and you guys are, are over a half a million people and and to hear your stories, it kind of happens overnight, right? I mean, you you're, you 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 work you work really hard, and that gets you to about ten thousand or something like that. And then you post the right video at the right time, and suddenly you are into the fucking stratosphere, right? Yeah. And so and so, I'm interested to hear how you guys think. You know what you guys feel. Uh, you know the opportunity landscape you know, for, it, it is for a comic creator, let's say like, like David, for me, for, for, for the, for the, you know, the, the standard creator that, that watches the show, because I think it's there. Um, and then, you know, and then how should we be approaching this? How should we be, you know, and then, and then the other, the other question, let me just lay it out and, and we'll let loose is, you know, you're a comic creator and you post that right video 
and then suddenly overnight you have your half a million followers. How does that translate into, you know, moving comic books and shops and, 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 and driving people to Kickstarters and all of that stuff. I mean, is it, you know, is that viable? Does it not translate? Does it, I'm, I, I'm interested in this. This is, as, the, 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 go ahead. Yeah. As someone who's, who's done creations on TikTok, who, who is like actually made physical things on TikTok yeah. I, uh, and documented it for creators. There's a very specific way that you have to handle it. And mm -hmm. it's introducing a project and then updating what you're doing on the project. You can't, you can't post ads on TikTok. Not because they won't let you, but because TikTok will suppress the fuck out of them. I've done two yeah. talent talks, and every time I've done an ad for them, they do shit views because TikTok can sense an ad. If you say yeah, yeah. sale, if you say tips, they also, you yeah, they books. also, yeah, they don't, they don't, they like don't Facebook, want you yeah. advertising anything that isn't through them. Exactly. Uh, like the other, the, the other day, like I've, I've, I've only just now, now that I've like crossed that half a million threshold, I've only just now been getting approached with doing sponsored content. And mm -hmm. I've both been making sure to only do sponsored content that is stuff that I would want anyhow. And that is not like, super contradictory like hey you know about uh like stock brokerage like hey you know what's really super stocks um yeah and it, it's, it's it's not just like that but it is like it's something that's in line and like the other day i i went i was i uploaded an like an ad objectively an ad that mm -hmm. i did not i did not label as an ad mm -hmm. um and like but i couldn't i couldn't post it without tiktok being like hey hold up this is an ad uh, so yeah. you need to you need to like include like the ad hashtag, and if you're gonna include the ad hashtag, you also have to include like which of these like you know what 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 sponsor it is and like mm -hmm. what what campaign this is for. Um, and so like, I tried to I had to, like work around like how I was wording the like the like caption of the video so that I could just post it without having to like select a campaign through TikTok. Yeah, it, it's, um, it, it, I mean, it sounds a lot, you know, I, I mean, every social media platform has this and, and Facebook is the worst with it, where yeah, yeah. If, if Facebook gets a whiff of fucking Kickstarter, you're done. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, and you, you have to, you have to do all these things. Like, you know, I, I, I've been like, you know, Hey guys, you know, uh, you know, that thing I have going on that, you know, you know about, but if I mention it, Facebook, this is literally what mm -hmm. I post, you know, Facebook yeah. is going to go berserk, you know, or you, you, you try to hide the link, you know, in the, in, in the, the, the second comments or, 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 or whatever, you know, you get around it. But, but, but all that said, it's like, I've, um, I mean, I went from a, a very interactive, uh, uh, fan base on Facebook. Um, and then doing three Kickstarters in a year, even trying my best to kind of, skirt everything and be very careful um it, you know if i post a picture of my fucking kid now you know that mm -hmm. that, that, that would have had hundreds of likes before like you know mm -hmm. i'm lucky to get 20 at this point you know people exactly. uh, like mm -hmm. facebook has just decided like this guy you know this guy's trying to sell you something so we're gonna put him off in this corner and like yeah and and, uh, and yeah. tiktok does the same thing and when yeah. it i will say that tiktok can be a very useful uh place for creators if you approach it in a certain way because you would have to approach it as watch me create this thing mm -hmm. and that will drive interest in it. Yeah. But if you just post, I made a thing, nobody's going to see it. And yeah. even if they do, no one's going to buy it because it's the fact with TikTok is you're scrolling through. A lot of people just do it while they're on the toilet or while they're on the bus or something. So it's very just quick scrolling through thousands of videos a day. 
your your ad, people will be able to immediately go, this is just an ad and skip it. Yeah. But and and, and not only that, it's interesting too, because like TikTok does also have, there's like commercials in yeah. the scroll. And I, I I never swipe faster than when I realize that it's a it's an actual yep. full on like ad on TikTok. I that literally it's just like an advertised video. The fastest thing I block on Twitter is promoted content. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Like if I and see a promoted is... tweet, unless it's something I am like a product I just fucking love, mm -hmm. like whatever it is, I'm like, okay, I'm blocking that account. Like how? Yep. How dare you suggest Budweiser to me, sir? Hundred percent. And that yep. is that. That's one hundred percent how it is on TikTok. And yep. on TikTok, if you were going to create something, you would definitely need to need to structure it more as a experience that you are sharing with your followers, yeah. and less as a product that they can buy. Because yeah, I know. The scenes. Yeah, because I know when I say oh, I've been making a game with my game team. Here's how that's going. Or I, I mentioned in a half second where I'm like, oh, yeah, I did this game project the other day where it's this style of game. Anyway, here's this comic book content. Right. Then people want to know what the game is. And when I say yeah. I'm a game artist, they're like, where can we buy your games? I want to yeah. know where your games are. Yeah. But yeah. that's because I didn't structure it as buy my game. Yeah. I structured mm -hmm. it as here is this thing I made. Isn't it cool? Anyways and not treating it as a product. Yeah. And that's very much how TikTok would work. And if you were going to approach it as a creator, you would need to hold the audience's hand and walk them through the creation of it or why it's cool. Like when I tried yeah. to advertise the G.I. Joe movie, I said, here's the craziest moments from this movie to make people interested enough to go and watch it on their own. And right. not to say... Here is this movie. Here's the story of this movie. Here's right. why you should watch this movie. It's not an essay. It's a greatest hits is, right. is the best way I can describe it. Well, it yeah. is, you know, it all comes down to, you know, that's why I told that anecdote about Danny's hard drive. It's like, it is all love. It is all, yeah. if you project something that's about personality, uh, mm -hmm. that's entertaining in some way that's engaging. Yeah. Like I've seen, I have about, I have a little over 10 K followers on, uh, on Twitter and mm -hmm. it's all from like three or four very specific spikes where mm -hmm. yep. I posted something mm -hmm. and a famous person repost retweeted it. And it was something that was, you know, edgy and in the moment and was mm -hmm. something people needed to hear. Some guy said some really offhand thing about abortion rights and how women shouldn't be worried. And I was in a mood and I fucking went off on him and did a whole 20 tweet thread about how my mother was almost arrested <laughs> for having miscarriage before abortion mm -hmm. was legal. And it was a pretty gruesome story. And I think mm -hmm. it got me 4,000 followers, like literally right. just mm -hmm. someone retweeted and then listen to this angry man, you know, yeah. who, who and, is and angry is, about an important thing. That's also, that translates to TikTok pretty directly. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. I, I think, I think like advice I would give, for like a creator as well, because I, I, I've started to see an interesting influx. I've started to see on TikTok a lot more, and maybe again, it could just be the algorithm sensing my For You page, is I'm starting to see a lot more voice actors come to TikTok. And yeah. they are gradually getting their, 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 you know, they're up. And like typically the first video they all put out is like, hey, I'm a voice actor, and here's me running down real quick. Here's me doing the voices of the characters you would probably know me for with like stills of those characters so that you can contextualize mm -hmm. it. 
And like the ones that are like interesting to, that I that I do like actually I will continue to follow like beyond just like the names that I like as personalities like Mark Hamill who just jumped on TikTok, um, is like the people who are like working in industries that I I'm either interested in or don't really know much about but it's interesting to hear them talk about right. here's here's how the sausage is made with this thing like there's mm-hmm. um, and I think like that's honestly what like a lot what would be a lot to expect getting on. TikTok as a creator is you're going to get inundated with questions of like mm-hmm. how, how, and like, it, it'll be, it'll be like every question you can imagine having getting gotten at a panel of just like, yeah. how do you come up with these ideas? What's your favorite story? What was the story that you would want to write that you haven't gotten to write yet? Mm-hmm. And like, those are the videos. It's just like, it's just like mm-hmm. answering these people's questions in yeah. video form. And like that, that works. Like that is like, that's a lot like that is you want to see. It's a lot. It's a lot like a filmed version of Twitter is how I would mm-hmm. describe it. Is you're trying in this amount of time instead of a word limit, it's a time limit. You're trying in that amount of time to say what you need to say and get it out there. And with a lot of the people that I follow on TikTok, it's weird, especially coming from me and Justin, who are known as comic book TikTokers. People mm-hmm. don't go to your page for what the video is about. They go to your page for you. Right. They, mm-hmm. You are making. You're the product. Essentially, you're, yeah, you're essentially making a cult of personality and, and going, you are you are what the people are coming for. So the thing that creators need to do is market themselves off of what they make and yeah. then experience that through through who they are. You can't just go on there and go, well, I'm an artist. Here's my drawings. It needs yeah. to yeah. be more, I'm an because artist and this is I, who I am. Like I talk about this a lot at like career panels and networking panels that I've done. And the tricky part, what someone in the audience always reminds me is, but you're a chatty extrovert. Yeah. And, and honestly, people it's... in the comics fields are introverts, and it's trickier for them to figure out a way to talk about themselves for a minute without mm-hmm. being mortified. Well, yeah. you, I would say, I would say there's an easy bit about that because I, I it, it's it's tricky because I have I have my moments where I don't feel like talking to people. Um, but yeah, I, I am mostly extroverted, but I think like, and especially with comics too, the nice thing about TikTok being like a video app is that the video doesn't necessarily have to be of you. If you mm-hmm. want to, like it is literally the, the way that TikTok is, is set up, they, they have functions on there that you do not have to appear in the video at all, whether in person or on your voice, you yeah. can, you can put up images and have captions being narrated by the app. If you, yeah. if you, oh. if you really don't, if you really don't want to like sit down and try to hear yourself talk for a minute as you edit everything in. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, it's like, which is like, again, it's a good thing for accessibility, but yeah. it's also a good thing for if you're not a naturally chatty person. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think, yeah, it, it, it's, it's interesting. Cause it's like people, the thing about TikTok is it, it does for better and worse promote the cult of a personality of the idea of people want to hear what you have to say. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's it also an equalizer and telling you what people want to hear you say mm-hmm. and what people don't actually care to hear what you want, what you have to say about. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, like, like there are, there is a, a huge, like comic TikTok is big and it's, multifaceted there's there's every mm-hmm. every every take you would want if you just want pure info dump about about a character they have there's videos for that if you mm-hmm. want it analyzed through different lenses of 
of feminism, of of like the homosexual experience, of of race. There are, there are people who are specifically doing that. Like there's a TikToker that I follow who is doing a really interesting, and he's he doesn't have as as big of one yet, but I'm hoping he does. I really like he's doing a series where he's breaking down different characters in X Men through the lens of through the minority lens of like if 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 we're taking it that the X Men were made to be representative and metaphorical for being minorities in America. What does each of these, how does each of these individual characters fit into that lens? Absolutely. And it's, it's really interesting because it's things that I haven't considered like initially. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it makes you think about it in a different way. Like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. And, and it's just, it's just all over the place. And like, it's, it's from the creative side, from the developmental side, from the pure fan side, from the, from the comic look at its side, from the, the, the sketch side, like every, and there's every take and there's an audience for everyone, but also on the flip first of that, there's hundreds of thousands of creators who are all trying to cover some of the same ground. And yeah. that is where the personality aspect of it, I think, does come in, is it's yeah. like, how how can I present this same information that is not just word for word and beat for beat what all these other creators have already said about this thing? Well, yeah. and that and that's also, that that's basic... That's ultimately creativity 101. Is right, exactly. It's like, what's my story idea? Story ideas are not a career. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What makes me special in comparison? Yeah, it's always, yes. you know, you, you tell this to beginning writers all the time. They're like, well, I have this great story idea and I'm worried people will steal it. And I'm like, all of your story ideas will eventually be done by somebody else. Don't, mm-hmm. yeah. like, Don't wait. You could yeah. drive yourself crazy. To me, it's like the mark of an amateur is when they tell me they're afraid of their ideas are being stolen. I'm like, yeah. ideas are a dime a dozen, man. It's all yeah. how you carry it off. As mm-hmm. as a from from the aspect of like a, a video game artist looking at video games, whenever I play a video game now, I look at it and go, oh, so it's this other game. Like I'll I'll look at it and go, oh, it's Gears of War, and it's like, well, no, it's not. And like, okay, yeah, but it's it's basically Gears of War, and right. that is that's yeah. how creative media is basically made right. now well, it's, well, so it, 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 it's the joke in film i mean i started out uh-huh. by pitching my you know pitching my new comic book is voltron meets fast and the furious you know what exactly I'm saying? right and it, that's it, just it, creativity it, yeah. yeah it's yeah, shorthand it's not, is what it is it, yeah, yeah it's not that it's its own thing you know what i'm uh-huh. saying and 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 um you know it, and if i really wanted to get cute i could be like well it's actually this kind of like uh you know, it's this offbeat family deconstruction, kind of like Boogie Nights is, and if you, you know, but 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 those end up being all of our touchstones, right? Yeah. Um, if I wanted and, to pitch and, my TikTok, yeah. it'd be Comic Book yeah. Chappelle Show. That's how right. I would yeah. just try and pitch but, it. Yeah. Out but, but I, you know, I always appreciate. I have always appreciated when artists acknowledge, you know, overtly or subtly where they're coming from. We just watched mm-hmm. In the Heights last night. Yeah. And in the last scene, he calls out. A movie title in the song which uh it's not like the story of in the heights is that close to it's a wonderful life mm-hmm. but the resolution has a few things in common with it some small mm-hmm. things but they're significant things and he literally shouts it out in the song yep. you know and it's like i was like you know i hadn't actually caught that you were referencing that but yep. thank you for letting me know that you so that nice. you know I've said a lot of things on my on my Twitch when people are asking me about my opinions on different uh, movies and how I would adapt how I would adapt certain characters and how I would think of these certain characters. And I always say that I think lamp lampshading something is always the best way of mm-hmm. of doing it, of just wearing it on your sleeve of where 
where are your influences coming from? Where I've, are, are your opinions coming I've, from? I've probably mentioned this before, but my absolute favorite of all time is that is something I, I, other people have probably noticed it, but I noticed it before anybody told me about it. Mm -hmm. In Star Wars, mm -hmm. when Darth Vader strangles the Imperial officer on the Death Star, mm -hmm. he is literally in the middle of saying the title of the Kurosawa film, Star Wars is a remake of. Yeah. Literally mm -hmm. saying Hidden Fortress, and Darth Vader goes, bep, yep. bep, bep, don't yeah, say Hidden Fortress. Shut up. And I didn't spot that for years. And then on like the 100th rewatch, I went, now that's pretty fucking funny, actually, yeah. <laughs> that he's strangling yeah. him while he's saying, don't say Hidden Fortress. We're not saying that in this movie. <laughs> I mean, you know, the, being being sort of referential can, you know, I mean, it can be a it can be a plus these days. Nostalgia is a yeah. currency. You know, look, look at Cobra Kai. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It is this like it is this massive love letter to these three films that we all know and you know fell in love with, and Hollywood is scrambling like crazy to uh, to try and you know put that in a fucking bottle and uh, mm -hmm. and, and, and 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 distribute it. I mean, um, mm -hmm. uh, Avalone and I have been talking about this for the last couple of weeks, but um, so I, I you know I, I I sold a TV show and the TV show is about to go and. When when you get into that uh, you get into that place, then people start talking about people come to you and they're like, okay, what's next? What do you want to do next? What do you want to do mm -hmm. next? And one one of the cooler things that happened is uh, we sat down with Joel Silver's people and they're they're trying to um, they're trying to sort of exploit the Joel Silver properties in TV. And mm -hmm. so uh, we we have been in serious talks with people about um, about doing a forty eight hours TV show. Or, mm -hmm. or or doing a roadhouse TV show oh, um, and, and, uh, and 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 through the lens of okay how do we like how do we give these properties the Cobra Kai treatment and of course you can't uh, mm -hmm. you know you have to you have to do your own you have to do like the 48 hours version of that whatever it is mm -hmm. um, but you know again nostalgia is a currency like they, you know yeah it is that thing of we're all essentially retelling the same stories and you know i the what what's the sign of progress i use i literally said to a friend of mine was in the westworld tv series and i remember saying to her it's a sign that humanity has improved that that first movie doesn't even bother to think for a second what do the robots feel about all this as they're being yeah. raped and murdered over and over again and that when you remake it the talented Nolan brother uh, is the one that is the one that says, "You know what? The people who go to Westworld are fucking monsters." Jesus, yeah, they're who terrible. wants to go to rape and murder yeah. world? Like Just, what yeah. kind of psycho? And then the brilliant in the second season, the brilliant changing it into Facebook. That what mm -hmm. Westworld is really doing is collecting information on its on its customers and selling it yeah. to corporations, which is a uh -huh. So, like, you take an idea that was a good enough idea for Jim Cameron to rip off for the Terminator. Yep. Uh, I, I rewatched it recently in the last ten minutes of Westworld. I was like, "Oh, this is literally the last half hour oh, of the yeah. Terminator," yeah. Um, with a better with a with a better Eastern <laughs> yeah. European actor uh, yeah. having his face <laughs> slowly come off. But uh, but yeah, the fact that the genius move is always, what did they miss the first time? Mm -hmm. Alan Moore is a genius and Watchmen is a perfect jewel of a graphic novel, but Alan Moore is an Englishman who has no idea how central race is to American culture. And mm -hmm. what did Lindelof do? He said, scene one, Tulsa massacre. Like, yep. yeah. 
here's what Alan Moore does not fucking know about America. And, and, and that we're is exactly that. And that's exactly what I think a lot of the benefit of, of, of TikTok creators are when we make content about it is we're all just fans. Like even right. even the the view from from our followers that watch our content don't don't realize the fact that we are the in the same boat. We're the people that go to Comic Con and idolize the same people. And the thing is, is that we all it, it gives the ability to share the fan experience and reanalyze media over and over again and to look at media that people really, really love and be able to explain this is why we love this. Like mm -hmm. I've been able to, to look at uh, The Dark Knight Returns multiple, multiple times just to read it over again and go, okay, here's this subtext here. Here's the part where the fans made this subtext and is right. not actually part of it. Yeah, I, mm -hmm. I love analyzing when people say that they love like V for Vendetta and realizing, oh, you mean the movie. Yeah. You, you, you didn't don't mean the comic. Yeah. You don't mean the comic because the <laughs> comic has a different fucking message. Oh, but not, very, very not, in, not in like the gatekeepery way of going like, oh, well, you're not a real fan of V for Vendetta, but more looking at it and going, okay, I have the chance to express the viewpoints shown in, in media that maybe not a lot of people know about because i mm -hmm. i'll admit i was one of the people that watched me for vendetta and said i was a fan of it and then i read the book and realized oh that's a totally different fucking message right. cool like it's it's the well, ability the, it's the difference between being a i always say be an evangelist don't be a gatekeeper you yeah. can say my favorite comic art of all time is jack kirby's dc mm -hmm. period Oh, and sure. the only reason I started reading those fourth world books is a friend in the 70s who was five years older than me hmm? got tired of hearing me go on and on about how great Star Wars was. Yeah. <laughs> and he didn't say fuck Star Wars. He didn't say hmm? Star Wars is garbage. He's like, read this. wouldn't you like to see the first draft of Darth Vader, though, that Darth yeah, Vader is yeah. kind of a ripoff of? And mm -hmm. I read those books, and it didn't diminish my love of Star Wars one atom, one no. quark. Yeah, to, to see to know that George Lucas read Dark Side and went, I want to put a variation on that and Doctor Doom a little bit mm -hmm. in a movie. Yeah. And I do a podcast called uh, Pulp Today that mm -hmm. I started during pandemic times. Literally, like you know, I I saw Patrick Stewart reading Shakespearean sonnets mm -hmm. on uh, Instagram once a day, and I went, Well, I'm the son of a Pulp Fiction writer. Maybe I should read Pulp Fiction once a day. Once a day was, you know, yeah. Patrick didn't have to do as much research as I did. So, uh, you know, it was a little easier to just pull a sonnet out of your ass. But, yeah. um, but you know, someone someone tweeted at me a, a, about a month into the project. They were like, thanks, asshole. I have a giant stack of books by the side of my bed now <laughs> yep. that you're making me read. And I was like, that's the point. That's what we want. That's, like, that's that's literally, that's literally like books. The, that's what the I want best to comments, do. The best yeah. comments that I see on my videos are people where, where I will talk about this like a, a, a lesser known run of the X-Men or like an offshoot book that only ran for like 12 issues. And mm -hmm. I, 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 and like, that's, those are my favorite. Those are also my favorite like videos to do because it's not even like, Oh, it's less research. It's like, I, I am already, I don't have to like, right. Like, like find out why this is awesome. I know why it's awesome. And I want to let you know why it's awesome. And yeah. then it's, it's people just like, I will talk about a book or a character and they're like, what they'll they'll ask me like, well, what what book is this in? If I don't mention it in the video, and I will happily tell them like, I'm adding it to my list. Like, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna right. read it like right now. It's like, do it. Mm -hmm. It's like, 
check all this out. Like it's 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 also a point that I like. I also am I'm a big preacher of like, hey everybody, uh, you can you can you can take the worldview of Marvel versus DC if you want, or you can also take the much easier worldview of all these other of of yeah. all not just and also not just Marvel DC also Dynamite also Boom also Image also Dark Horse which is also mm -hmm. technically DC but you know um but it's like it is it's like there's so much else out there too like don't oh, don't yeah. limit yourself if if yeah. what 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 do you want to read a comic about there's at least one comic about that thing absolutely and I can and and like and like find it it's 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 really? you're gonna love it. Treating Marvel and DC like they're political parties is the most fucked up thing ever yeah. to happen in pulp stuff. It's I got they're not. They're really I always, the one thing that I always both of us, I imagine Justin gets the same comments comments is how do I get into comic books? I, mm -hmm. I haven't got into comic books. I've never read a comic book in my life, but you make me want to read them. How do I get into comic books? And I always tell people, you want to know how you get into comics? You read one, any of them. Pick one up. If you don't like it, pick another one up. If you don't like that, keep going until you find one you like and then yeah. read those. I, yeah. I got into comics through Archie. I read Archie at Fred, at, at Fred Meyer and would buy those <laughs> uh, for like a dollar and read sure. those and think those are awesome. And then I'd go to the library and I'd be like, holy shit, this one isn't like that. This one had this guy's arm get ripped off and be able to, to transition through comics like that. And now you can see that in Archie versus Predator. Yeah, exactly. Perfect. They got you that covered with Archie versus awesome. Predator. And that's the thing is that I think that that comics allow this this there's so many different varieties of comic book. There's no mm -hmm. comic book feel because there's so many different things. There's not even a Batman feel. If yeah, you want exactly. to read pulpy Batman, great. The comics in the 70s are great for that. If you want to read weird psychological thriller, there's a serious house on serious earth. There's if you want to read the perspective of the villain, there's Joker. Like there's so many different aspects that comics allow that you can't quantify what comics are. And you can't say that I like the comic book feel. What the fuck is the comic is that, book is feel? It, yeah. Like what do you because again it's 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 not superheroes like no. there are superhero comics but not every comic is a superhero comic and yeah. I, I, a point that I have made a lot on mine whenever some people will just like ask me like hey what are some again like I'm trying to get into comics what are some comics you recommend mm -hmm. and I will always like I I don't typically will rattle off any with superheroes in it I will mm -hmm. more often than not like, like the one I always give because I'm a di it's it it's the comic that like not just like brought me back into comics but like f like shoved me head first into the like garbage compactor of, of comics and just kept stomping me down into yeah. it until i live in it now was matt fraction's hawkeye run um yeah awesome like yeah. it's it, it also because it because it also like it, formative it's it's unlike almost any other comic that marvel was putting out at the time it's mm -hmm. it's 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 somehow both slice of life but also there's action and you know David Asia's art is just so evocative, and like the way that he will just like trace, like here's like you're not just gonna go panel, 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 panel. You're gonna go panel. There's gonna be a little offshoot up here, and if you look in between the panels, there's stuff happening as well that you can kind of follow. Right. Um, and it's just like that one I always recommend, but most of the ones I recommend don't have anything to do with superheroes. It's just like right. like it's just like the medium of comic books is my favorite medium mm -hmm. because of 
its unique nature of the combination of words and pictures of like yeah. they, they they have to work in tandem and you don't find that like you can you can get a book that has illustrations in it but that's not a comic book right. a comic no. is great because you get you get good dialogue you get good exposition you get you get good scenes and then you'll turn a page and you'll get a full page jack kirby spread of galactus with a silver surfer swooping in and you don't mm -hmm. you can't read i can read the line Galactus enters and is, is is foreboding. You can you could give me two full pages describing what Galactus looks like, or you could give me a full page spread of Jack Kirby drawing Galactus, and those right. are two completely yeah. different things. No, and also, I mean, I always try whenever I recommend comics. I am I'm the basic bitch, so I always recommend superhero stuff. But with superhero stuff. I also am very much of the opinion that there's not a superhero feel because anybody who's read a superhero comic realizes mm -hmm. that it's not about the crime fighting. Comics mm -hmm. do action okay, but most of the time, the fights are just a couple of punches in between character breakdowns. One mm -hmm. of my favorite superhero comics of all time is Tom King's Mr. Miracle. Yeah. And and, and it's because it's this psychological like Great. horror thriller breakdown of a character over an entire book, and it's great. Dark Side is is one of the scariest things I've ever read, mm -hmm. and it's a black picture with typewriter text. Yep. That's, I don't know how the fuck that happened. And that's one of the things that I think comics have this weird ability to infer other media through it, how it's made. There are, there's digital distortion in, in Mr. Miracle, yeah, that doesn't make any sense because yeah, it's, TV it's distortion. A, yeah, it's TV mm -hmm. distortion in a comic book. But yeah. the fact that comic books do this thing where, with the visual and and the writing in there, they infer what is happening, but your brain fills in the gaps. A yeah. pure a pure text book, you make all of the images, so you you come up with what it looks like, and the text kind of infers what you're supposed to be thinking. Comics do this thing where they give you an extra little step and go, here's the basis of what you should be thinking. Now fill in the gaps between what happens between this frame and this frame mm -hmm. and how this looks. Like if mm -hmm. it's a digital distortion, do you think it's constant? Do you think it's flickering the entire time? What, what do you think this looks like? Regardless of if I'm showing you what it technically looks like, you can't get an entire movie through one frame of it. Like, right. It feels no, in and, the it's, and also like a page turn as, as a writer, I'm obsessed with page turns and getting page yeah. turns. Right? But I'm also a former film editor. A page turn and a cut aren't the same thing, and no. they don't do the same thing. You have to and choose. The area between panels is not the yeah. same thing as a cut. It's a very no. different, and it's there's a magic to it. I did. I I sat in on a talent talk with Howard Chaikin, who I've become mm -hmm. friendly with. Mm -hmm. And he said something, and I reinterpreted back to him, and I said, wait, you're saying time equals space. That's, I have ne I had never looked at it exactly that way, but in a comic yeah. book, and that's not yeah. really true in any other artistic medium no. of time equals space and space equals time. Yeah. And I'm still trying to like wrap my head around that revelation and how am I if gonna you, apply it to my own work going forward. If you have five pages of continuous sequential art and then all of a sudden something happens that whites out the page and the rest of the comic is empty, that implies something that you cannot get in any other medium. Mm -hmm. A blank frame or a repeated frame or just a blackout or a two page spread implies something 
that you can't get anywhere else. Well, to use to use your example, the checkerboard of dark side is on a yeah. two on two pages of Mr. Miracle. That's not the same thing as a title card in a silent movie that says dark side is because you no. can see the pattern. You can see yeah. you're mm -hmm. out of the corner of your right eye, you're seeing it on the right hand side. And that's an intentional psychological effect that can't be exactly. underestimated. Or when you're flipping through the page and you slowly start to realize that that frame pops up more and more throughout the entire comic and mm -hmm. that no one ever mentions that it happens. Yeah, it's, 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 it's an interesting ticking it, it, yeah. it's an yeah. interesting ticking clock that you get to pull off like that. It's 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 I've I've realized over the last couple of years, and especially as I've been doing these deep dives, like with characters and everything, and people looking for recommendations, looking for mm -hmm. character examples, that one of my favorite comic creators is Grant Morrison. Mm -hmm. I adore Grant Morrison, and because of the fact that they play with form, they 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 very clearly also they love comics and mm -hmm. they love comics and know comics so much that when they go to make their comics, they love just fucking with a formula and like perspective mm -hmm. switches and meta text about like what the comic is, is about in the mm -hmm. context of it being a comic. Like that's, it's his, their, their run of the multiversity from a few years back, the DC multiversity event yeah. is one of my favorites because of it it coming at comics from every conceivable yeah. angle of being like comics as meta text about there's mm -hmm. a character who's reading a comic that if he keeps if he doesn't stop reading the comic then he will die and the world will, will end but he has to find out what's going on there's again there's i mean again bias but one of my favorite things in the in the uh multiversity is the charleston washman that he builds on the one in the one mm -hmm. multiverse of using the original Charleston characters who were supposed to be in the Watchmen, right? But who then weren't able to be used by Alan Moore, and he's just like, no, no, but this is this is the Watchmen, guys. Like this is this yeah. is who it was it was going to be. Sure, mm -hmm. but it's also that's you know, Watchmen is a perfect example where it's referential to the Charleston characters, but the comedian is more Nick Fury than he's any Charleston character. Oh, for sure. Oh yeah. You know, Rorschach yeah. may be the question. But Doc Manhattan is also Superman. Like there, you know, there's yeah. a lot, there's a lot yeah. of, and I think that's always. I always say it's the difference between The Simpsons and Family Guy. On Family mm -hmm. Guy, they think a single reference is enough of a joke. Mm -hmm. On The Simpsons, mm -hmm. it's like you usually get at least two references wrapped around each other, and then in right. the Venture right. Brothers, you get five references wrapped around yeah. each other yeah. because right. it's a deeper it's a it's a deeper cut to to go with. But mm -hmm. yeah, all of that all of that stuff about form uh and about you know i always think about the fact that when i was a baby comic book writer uh not that long ago i wrote in what i thought was a pretty cinematic style which was no captions sound mm -hmm. effects that you would hear in a movie and dialogue you would hear in a movie and maybe an occasional caption that said you know south america 1936 or whatever right and the artist i was working with the most and still do dave acosta said to me Write a caption, man. Don't, you know, stop hurting yourself. Let comics mm -hmm. be comics. And yeah. it really kind of went, right. Captions are part of the, I am literally leaving a tool in the toolbox every time mm -hmm. I go to build something. Mm -hmm. And I should not, they are part, like you don't have to use them all the time. You don't have to use them nonstop, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, exactly. or, 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 or maybe you do. You yeah. Know? yeah. <laughs> or maybe use them in every panel. Like, I think yeah. there's, 
there's this interesting but, aspect with like captions specifically that they reinforce who is telling the story because right. all all storytelling yeah. mediums are like yeah like like that all storytelling mediums are someone is telling you a story is it a ambiguous narrator is it the person the book is about and there's also this interesting aspect like one of my favorite characters is deadpool when the captions don't mean anything when the captions right. are characters in their own right, right. Mm -hmm. or or write-ins in their own right there's this there's a lot of aspects of comics that cannot be replicated anywhere yeah at yeah. all you often when i use comic uh captions i use them as a first person singular voiceover right. like the person who's telling the story i did a zorro comic without planning this all of the captions were written in a semi, in a fairly poetic style, mm -hmm. you know, about, cause I'm writing about 1805 and I'm like, you know, right. the narrator keeps referring to Los Angeles as the long, you know, the, mm -hmm. the small city with the very long complicated name. Cause the original Me uh, Spanish empire name of Los Angeles is El Puebla de la Nuestra Dama La Reina Los Angeles. All that, all that stuff is for, mm -hmm. 400 people living in pueblos in the <laughs> desert but uh i did three issues and in the fourth issue zorro comes face to face with the goddess tomalak and at the end of the issue she, he's defeated the bad guy and he's saying now i can hang up the cape and she does this like no man that's not you yeah. signed on for the game of gods and monsters and you're stuck now and now you're mm -hmm. now this is your destiny forever and as he walks off what she's saying becomes the caption balloons. And I went, the goddess Tomalak is the one who's been telling us this story since issue one. And I didn't even know that. Yep. But when I got to issue four, I went, that's who has this poetic godlike perspective of everything that's happening. I thought mm -hmm. it was me narrating the story from the 21st century. It wasn't, it wasn't uh, a, yep. Tongva, a Tongva Indian goddess is actually who has been telling the story the whole time. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I told the letter, I was like, her dialogue balloons should be the same dusty brown we've been using for the caption since the beginning so the audience mm -hmm. really understands yeah. this is who's actually been telling us the story and then she carries it through to the end but that that way in which the form keeps for want of a better word talks back to you right. and especially when you're a writer and not an artist the artist is the first audience who is interpreting your script and telling you what they thought it meant and what it right. looked like to them. Yeah. And that's a it's, wild experience. It's so freeing and amazing. I mean, I've, I've, I've sort of, I've said this before on the podcast, but for the sake of this conversation, I'll, I'll try to make it short. Um, you know, I, I, I was, when I got into comics, I had been writing in Hollywood for about a dozen years. And mm -hmm. um, in Hollywood, they make five different kinds, kinds of movies these days. They want you to write them a certain way. And I got really good at writing those movies. I could write them in my fucking sleep. You know, they bought my house and blah, 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 blah. And I hate being the guy who complains about getting paid to write action movies or whatever. But, um, you know, it, it, it got boring. My, mm -hmm. my, my work got tired. I, I, was, I was not a good writer at that point. And comics kind of saved my life because the beauty of comics is like you can write any sort of story, any kind of way, as long as it's good. As long as it's good, you will find a... Uh, you will find an audience for it, right? Mm -hmm. And so when I got into comics, I I I made a deal with myself that I would never tell a straightforward story, that I would double down on all of these things that I loved, uh, unreliable narrators, um, uh, uh, playing with time, playing with structure, 
um, uh, experimental elements, the the whole nine yards. Um, uh, you know, Banjax is a story. Issue two of Banjax, uh, you are seeing it through the eyes of a man who hasn't slept in seven days, and it's literally driving him mad. And so you have no idea if what you're seeing is real mm-hmm. or completely imagined, and, and, and you get no answers. You're just left to kind of sort it through. The entire book as a whole, um, it's kind of a Batman-Robin story. Uh, a Batman kind of goes rogue, and Robin has to bring him in. And the even issues are told from the Batman's point of view. The uh, uh, or the odd issues are told from the Batman's point of view. The even issues are told from the Robin's point of view. Uh, they're telling the same story. Each man has a very different slant on on what happened, whose fault it is, all of that stuff. And again, you're given no answers. And so in the end, you get you get both man's take on on the story, and you're left to decide. Okay, well, what really happened here? Um, mm-hmm. And 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 you know, you saw my captions. You, the, you know, I, yeah. I, I, again, I, I have statues talking to people. I have action figures that come to life and start talking mm-hmm. to people. Um, it's bonkers, but it saved my fucking creative life. It made me love writing so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, and, and the interesting epilogue to the to the story is like, so I, I I write a bunch of these things, and then I have to go back to writing uh, 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 movies and, and TV shows. Mm-hmm. And so I get hired to write this heist movie. Um, and I've written, you know, a half dozen heist movies in my life and, and, and I'm ready to phone in one of the heist movies that, uh, that, that I would normally, you know, do. And, and literally every room that you walk into in Hollywood, uh, they have two heist movies in development. They're all the fucking same. None of them ever get made because they're all the fucking same. Right. Right. And so I'm sitting there and I'm sitting down at the, the keyboard and I'm fucking pissed off again. You know, I'm like, mm-hmm. do I really want to write this fucking stale tripe again? That's not going to get made. No, I'll, I'll cash my check and whatever. But I'm like, and but I'm sitting here right where I am now. This is where I write, and I have a stack of my fucking comics sitting right next to me. And I look down, and I'm like, you know, all that shit that I'm doing in those. What if I did that in this? And I didn't tell anybody about it, right? And so I wrote this thing, and again, it's 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 two unreliable narrators, button heads, and 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 blaming it on each other, and and I'm right. I'm, I'm, I'm I'm playing with time, and I'm playing with. With, with with what you're seeing and when you're seeing it and it, and, it, and it's batshit fucking crazy and I write mm-hmm. the end and I'm, I'm in love with it and I love my fucking job for the first time in 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 a couple of years and I send it off to him without saying anything and then they take way too long to kind of read it and process it you know and I'm <laughs> like oh god you know <laughs> maybe, maybe I should have warned them maybe <laughs> maybe whatever um you know and then and then the notes call comes. And, uh, you know, usually it's just the producers, but they want to get the actors on and they want to get a bunch of people on. And so mm-hmm. I, I'm wondering what the fuck's happening, you know, like, like, right. like, am I getting fired here? Am I, am I going to get lambasted? Um, and then, you know, you get on and the main producer on the thing is like, okay, we, we read it. And there's a long pause and he's like, and we fucking love it. All the shit that you're doing that is batshit crazy. I don't know where the fuck it came from. I don't know what kind of drugs you were on, uh, <laughs> but go, go take more. Right. And do more of this. Um, and so it, it, you know, it kind of like, yeah, I was sitting there, I'd been writing for, for, for about 12 years. And I'm like, and I'm like, man, I don't know if I, I don't know if I have another 12 years in me. Like I feel mm-hmm. dead inside and writing comics, like the freedom that you guys are talking about to kind of do anything, any way you want to kind of like really, really mm-hmm. let loose creatively. It like saved my period of life. So so, you know, I, I hopefully have about another, you know, at least another 12 years right. <laughs> writing uh, 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 movies and TV shows uh, in me and, uh, and you guys have comics to blame. So that's, yeah. my, that's my diatribe. That's like, it's, 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 you know, it, it's an art form that I don't think will ever die because it's just so 
of itself and so different than anything else you can you can get it's it's mm-hmm. become you know it, it it's gone from the dime store pulp you know pulp books of the shadow time and doc savage but like it's evolved into its very own form and its own formulas and its own sub genres and like exploded into everything and it's like i i, I it's it's the why i love comics is just because of the fact that you yeah you, you get things out of comics that you don't find anywhere else and it's mm-hmm. it's it's it, it it has its you know it's every medium has its strengths and weaknesses but like the one of the, i think the biggest strengths of comics is that sheer fact of like there's a comic out there for everyone and anything mm-hmm. And yep. it's you think think like yeah think of a batshit crazy idea that you would love to see in a movie like well like why couldn't they make it a movie of it well it's like these are the reasons okay go find a comic of it because it probably exists because right. it's it's there it's 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 condensable it is it is able to be translated into a visual style and still tell this narrative story whether you're telling it backwards forwards disjointed or or whatever mm-hmm. um, and yeah and yeah it's like playing with everything like yeah God I love comics. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> there's there's absolutely well, nothing that 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 hits like a comic book does, regardless yeah. of if a movie or a TV show adapts comic book stylings in a certain way. Yeah. One of my favorite adaptations of any comic book medium is Doom Patrol, because they yep. do they do comics very very well in adapting the feel of a comic book in both the ridiculous aspects and the dramatic aspects. But as much as I love Doom Patrol, reading Doom Patrol is a very different feeling. It gets as close as a different medium can get to the feeling of a comic book, but it's not because there are things in comics that are not translatable that Mm -hmm. everyone would like to see, regardless of what your tastes are. You could be the most jockey, I don't know, comics are for nerds, bullshit, but I can guarantee there's a comic out there that they would read. I can guarantee Mm -hmm. there's a comic for anyone who likes, who can read. Even if yeah. you can't, there's visual yeah, silent movies. Like. Yeah, it's it's if if it it goes beyond just like, hey, do you like to read? It goes, it's just like, hey, do you like? Full stop. Is there something yeah. you like? It's comics, man. Like, no, yeah. oh, like like there there there's so many there's so many out there, and yeah, it's 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 also a thing that's like I I am always excited. Like I like the fact that like there's a new comic book day is the best fucking thing. Is is mm-hmm. like you 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 can wait whether it's every month, every couple of months, or even every week. It's just like I'm always so excited to see new comics coming down the pipeline of just yeah. like shit and characters taken in directions I would never have thought that they would they would go or never thought that they would go. Stories mm-hmm. I would never think of. I just got done this week. One of uh, what might be one of the best issue one of any series that I've read in in a while um, is uh, James Tinian's. Nice house on the, on the lake that just came out for the DC Black Label brand. They're like mm-hmm. more mature, usually weirdly veering more towards horror with a lot of the books. Um, but it's one of the craziest like setup and hooks of a series that I've read because it's just like apocalyptic and a scale that is like both like very very real and very relatable, mm-hmm. and leaves you at a point where you're like, like like, like it ends and it's just like that like. Well, what the fuck happens next? It's like, well, what? Like, don't don't stop talking. You yeah. like, you just you just dropped this wackadoo bomb and walked out of the room. And it's like, well, come back. Like, I I, I want to know what happens next. Mm-hmm. And it, but it, it was just like so good. And like that that is also like a feeling. Like 
again, like you, you can finish an episode of a TV show that ends on a cliffhanger and you have to wait a week and oh boy, isn't that like, what are we going to do about that? But it's, it's not the same as finishing a comic with a cliffhanger. And like, like it's the stakes feel more real. And I don't know why that is. And I don't know if it's just the emotional investment that you kind of can either come into a book with, or you can build over a book. And it's, it's just like, it's, it's, it's the, the, that connection that is the interesting part. Of and it, it, for me and it is, really. as you say, it is unrepeatable. I mean, the, I, I feel bad, honestly, for people who missed the experience of reading the watch watchman as it came out every month, because what you're missing is we spent a month discussing each issue. Everyone mm -hmm. who was into comics sat around for a month. Who's behind it? Who's killing the superheroes? Mm -hmm. What made Rorschach the way? Like, and I think it's monthly comics are built for that discussion. I had a friend who mm -hmm. read it in trade paperback mm -hmm. and they said it didn't really move them that much. And they said, oh, I read it this afternoon. I'm like, it took me a year to read that the first time yeah. it came out. Yeah. And each, I said, at the very least, like, read it, read the text piece, and then walk away, mm -hmm. come back a day later and read it again. You know, like, by the time the third deal. issue of Watchmen came out, you had read those first two issues 20 times Yeah, mm -hmm. draw to milk every possible aspect of them. I know my first my first experience while reading Watchmen was a very different. It hit in a certain way that that no other comic had hit before. So, I, I I can't really explain the feeling of it because I did read it in segments. I read it as as much segmented as I could, where I read it in chapters like a book because that's how I had been reading at that time. Mm -hmm. And it just hits in a different way that you never expect it to. That reading it in a trade just doesn't like I've tr I've read V for Vendetta as a book and as individual issues and it's totally different experiences. Yeah. It is completely different there, aspects. There yeah. are there 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 are a number of of books that I will I I will yeah I I will go out and I will I will get trades but I will also get individual issues of and there are some ones that I know I I can either know from like just like I can tell from like the way the story is structured or on the suggestion of people that I will go out and I will buy the individual issues of mm -hmm. instead of the trade, because I, I want that feeling of like, I have to, I have to set this down and pick up yeah. the next issue if I want to keep reading. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, yeah, it, it's the opposite. Like there's some comics that I'm good to just sit down yeah. and I'll just binge read. But yeah. there are other ones that I do kind of like having that, like sitting with a book for a little while and like turning it over, rereading it. But that's why I was yeah. I, I was the one the one that I point to of that is um Tom King's vision series that he did. Yeah. yeah. Um I, I, I picked I picked that up issue by issue. And yeah, like it was the same thing. It's like what is like this story like this watching this it, it's it's a slow motion car wreck that you that like you haven't you're having to wait month mm -hmm. to month to yeah. see the next collision point. And it's like, oh man. Yeah, no, and there are definitely, like I, I hadn't been reading the Marvel Star Wars and like I went on Comixology and read 20 of them in an hour. <laughs> and there, yeah. there was no need to have a month to think about what was happening in the Marvel right. Star Wars comics. They just weren't, <laughs> and I'm talking about the current, you know, the present. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Anyway, we've we've run for quite some time, and we should wrap up. <laughs> we usually wrap up the shows. I by got a four year old really, screaming for me. <laughs> really great conversation, guys. Uh, we yeah, always wrap up by where can people find you, and how can they find you, Panda? Why don't we start with you? Sure. Uh, I'm on basically every social media app there is at the Panda Red T H E P A N D A R E D D. Uh, everywhere. Mostly I'm on TikTok. I have a YouTube channel under the same name. I have a Twitter under the same name. I have a Twitch under the same name that I do art on. So, uh, like I said before, I'm mostly comic book skits, comic book discussions, and just sometimes just general nerd shit. So, if you're into that sort of stuff, you'll probably enjoy my stuff. Thanks. And Justin? Uh, yeah, I mean, very much the same. I, I, I am mostly on uh, TikTok uh, at moose underscore zero. Um, you know, sort of a fun internet phoneticism of my last name. Um, I, I regrettably did not think ahead that I might one day have a platform with half a million followers. So I am, I am under different names on almost every single platform. Uh, but I'm, I'm on Twitter at moo underscore. So, so like a, again, another phoneticism, like a, the cow sound moo and like you're a needle pulling thread you're sewing. Um, okay. And then I'm on Instagram at Justerino, which is J-U-S-T-E-R-I-N-O. Um, but yeah, pri primarily it's going to be probably easiest to find most of my stuff on TikTok. Uh, I too, I, I, I talk a lot about comics uh, very enthusiastically and at length um, and do a, do a lot of like character deep dives and exposés on you know, some, some of the more like obscure characters, some characters that have been forgotten and sometimes for the good reasons why they've been forgotten and sure. you know, like, 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 like moments, lear learning moments that we have had that we can look back on and kind of collect go like, that was kind of fucked up. Um, and like, kind of look at like, you know, the kind of like use it as a point of being like comparing it to like the stories we're telling now and, and things like that. But like, yeah, I just talk about comics. Great. And Ryland, where can people find you? I am at Rylan Grant on all forms of social media. You can get the Ringo award-winning Aberrants and the four-time Ringo-nominated Banjacks uh, in fine comic shops everywhere and on Amazon and Comixology. Uh, Suicide Jockeys will be in shops in August. Go down to your LCS and order that right the fuck now. Excellent. And I am David Avalone. The uh, easy, lazy thing is davidavalonefreelance.com. Uh, which branches off to all the social medias and so forth and so on. I think Ryland has just run off to take care of his <laughs> yeah. yeah, which I totally understand. Um, but thanks for being on, guys. It was a really great conversation. We'll have you back soon. Absolutely. Thanks for having thanks us. Thank you for having us. If you're watching us on YouTube, be sure to smash that like button. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or other fine purveyors of ear crack, please leave us a five-star review. And wherever you're watching and or listening, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. We'll see you back here next week for more madcap hijinks on the Writer's Block. For more information, visit PendantAudio.com. Thanks for listening.